And with that, this is a very special edition of DC Comics News. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. I am joined by an amazing gathering. It's pretty rare when you have this much talent on one episode. First, I'm with Cami Garcia, a returning guest to DC Comics News. Hi, Cami. Thanks for being on with us today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And then we also have joining us uh, Jason Badower. Hi, how are you? Really well, sir. Thank you so much for being on with us. And Gabriel Piccolo. Hey there. Hey, Gabriel. Thanks so much for being here. And thankfully, it's not just me asking them questions. I'm joined by two amazing co-hosts. I'd like to introduce them to you real quick. That would be Miss Kendra Hale. Hello. And Mr. Brad Felicki. Hello, everyone. And with that, we have a bit of a short time frame, and we're going to do our best to make our best use of that. So without getting into too much more than thanks for being on with us, I'm going to start off our first question today to Kendra. Kendra, go ahead, fire away. Thank you. I'm glad you gave the warning label, too, because I'm going to keep my fangirling to a minimum. Uh, my question is for Cammy. Cammy, I have had the pleasure of reviewing the series for uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, and I would love to know from you, what was it like to step into that world and write such a different version of Harley and Joker? It came pretty natural to me. My, my inspiration was really um, the question of, you know, how does a regular, you know, boy turn into an, a monster? Um, you know, what really goes into psychopathy. And my friend um, Ed Kurtz is a forensic psychiatrist and behavior analyst, a profiler. So he has consulted with me before and he basically started, we started exploring that idea. And as I realized I was going to be dealing with also adult Joker, I wanted him to have a formidable person, you know, hunting him, looking for him. And to me, the only logical choice was Harley. I just, and I really, no. I really was interested in also is interested. I was really interested in, um, kind of looking at Harley through the lens of her credentials. You know, she, she works at a place like, you know, Arkham, you don't get to do that like first year out. She has this incredible skill set, and generally we see her as somebody who's kind of manipulated emotionally by the Joker, and that is just not something that happens to friends, real forensic psychiatrists in that kind of a setting, You, because a psychopath is not even capable of, like, any sort of affection. They have no empathy. You know, you're really dealing with a reptilian kind of person. So I wanted her, I wanted to show her hunting, hunting down, helping the police, you know, using those that skill set to to get, you know, get someone like the Joker, hopefully behind bars. I really appreciate that answer because the story itself is is quite incredible. And Jason, thank you for the artwork on that because it is astounding. Uh, Brad? Uh, I would say this this question, I know we're on a time crunch, but this question could uh, is kind of for everybody. Uh, with with the Titans graphic novels, uh, you seem to be relaying some really cool infrastructure for, you know, more stories that could go on for years and years. And I'm curious, is there any kind of character uh, beyond the Titans that you would like to somehow bring in to this world that you're creating? Uh, kind of like a maybe like a dream list of characters that you would like to use from the DC universe. Um, I'll let Gabriel add on to this because he definitely has some. Um, 
you know, he and I are, are very big fans um, of Raven, Beast Boy, Starfire, Robin, but we both have a deep love of the kind of sidekicks and underdogs. So, Gabriel, why don't you tell them who else we would love to see one day kind of team up? Yeah, so I love, I have a love for these, these type of characters are still learning how to, how to use the superpowers. They are not... They are not uh, perfect yet, so I would love to add the, the classic Teen Titans lineup. So Starfire, Cyborg, uh, Robin. I would add any Robin on this, and uh, even Young Justice characters such as uh, Kid Flash, uh, Aqualad. I would love to do to to work with these characters. Great, thank you. And Seth. Hey, thanks so much for bringing me back around. My question is going to be for Jason. I. I really loved an interview that I was reading, and it was actually from some work that you did with uh, Wonder Woman 1977, Mark Andreco. Yeah, I'm so proud of that work. Well, he was extremely uh, gracious and just talking about the, the wonderful art that you brought. And something that I loved was that he said that your incredible likeness is photorealistic, but it's not stiff in the way of a photo. That There's an energy and a sense of vibrancy to his work that he's a great storyteller as well. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that energy, bringing it onto the page and how different it had to be when you're using or creating and bringing to life a character like Wonder Woman compared to you know the amazing energy that I've really enjoyed in Criminal Sanity. Uh, thank you so much. Look, it's something I combat all the time. Doing likenesses was actually probably the last arrow I put in my quiver. I went off into advertising and doing a lot of uh, promote like I would mock up movie posters like the Hunger Games movie posters and it was really important to be able to draw Jennifer Lawrence you know that you could give it to the producers they'd be like oh that's Jennifer Lawrence rather than being like oh that female figure is Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> and so uh working through that and then onto onto the Wonder Woman stuff was just a blast and again like the the Here's the challenge what you've got is that you have the fidelity I need to create a likeness. It's very difficult to bring that fidelity to the rest of the page. And then when I'm paired with someone like Miko on Criminal Sanity and he's just like, he's just at another level. And so then trying to make my fidelity meet his, not just in faces because the, you know, Harley and Joker don't look like anybody, um, but also through just the folds in clothing. Like, oh my God, look at Miko's clothing. It's... It's incredible. So, and then trying to bring, have it make it dynamic and have energy while still looking sort of not photo real, but realistic is a huge challenge, but so much fun. Well, it's one of the things that I loved about looking over your work and your website is how it goes from less detail to more detail and how in a great interview you gave, you were talking about how with that detail, you really have to drill down, but also be aware of pulling yourself back enough to see where you're putting that importance where you're addressing that energy and how it's relevant either to the panel, the scene, or the character. I really thought you brought that to live in Criminal Sanity. I loved hearing about your process. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Gabriel is so good at that. If you look at his work on like Beast Boy and Raven, you just see just a masterful economy. He knows when to drill into these beautiful backgrounds, fantastic performances. I learned a lot reading those books. 
Thanks believe if I if I could, I would monopolize the conversation at this point and totally start asking Gabriel questions um, because that would be something I would love to follow up on. Gabriel, trust me, I have questions for you. I do. However, I want to keep in mind these amazing co-hosts with me. So I'm going to go ahead and say, Jason, thanks for answering my question. I really appreciate it. I love the value there. And I, I loved what you were describing um, and what you needed to bring to those characters in order to match that. So thank you for introducing that part of your process. Brad, I give the, or I'm sorry, Kendra, I give the next question to you. Thank you, and I'll go ahead and keep it going. Um, Gabriel, I would love to hear about your process. Can you tell me a little bit about how you approached Raven? Uh, I work mostly digitally these days because uh, it, it's way faster. Uh, I've done traditional inking in the past, so I still know, so I use a lot of that knowledge to to make the inks on my work. Uh, but I, uh, I love, uh, like, like he said, I love the economy of, of lines and uh, focusing, focusing more on uh, character in, characters' interactions and expressions. That's the stuff that I like to draw the most, and I think that shows on the page. So that's what, I, and I think that that also translates from Kemi's script. Like that's uh, what I want to be the the focus point on the page. Thank you so much for that answer. I really do appreciate it. Brad, I'll pass it to you. Uh, Gabriel, this is for you. This is kind of a similar question to that. Um, but um, it, it's been noted that you are a sneakerhead and your the designs of your shoes and the characters themselves and kind of the look of the characters and, dare I say, the fashion of the characters. How do you approach that when creating these uh, the designs? For the characters on these books. Uh, so uh, I I'm interested in collecting sneakers ever since 2017, and by that time uh, it was basically the year that I was finding out my my artistic voice, and at some point I I, I understood that I could add those interests in my artwork. So uh, I'm very interested in, in sneaker culture, in uh, streetwear culture, and I try to apply those those, those things on the characters. Um, one thing that me and Cami do before we start every book is we develop a whole wardrobe for the characters. And she trusts me a lot on, on how to, to design the characters. It's just, we, we discuss it at the, at the beginning, but uh, when at some point in the book, it, it just gets easier to just draw whatever I want on a character because I just understand who that person is. So that, that, that first moment of drawing the, the wardrobe for each character is, is very, very important to me before starting the comic. Cool, very. Thank, thank you so much for that. And Seth? I, I really knew that Brad was going to ask that. You should know we <laughs> bugged Brad about the fact that he always has these great fashion insights. And I've been tearing into him for like six months to a year about doing his own DC comics or comics fashion, Felicky fashions. I, I think he's gradually building that. So, Gabriel, thanks for that. And, and I really loved when I was checking out the uh, preview for Beast Boy Loves Raven how those elements of the fashion were so valuable to like the scene where you know, we get the chance to see Raven wearing a black t-shirt that says black is my happy. And I was just like in love with that moment because it felt like something that continued on from what we'd already seen in the Raven series. It reminded me of all the great things that I loved about uh, the Beast Boy series and about getting a chance to see these two characters together in their upcoming book. Cammy, my next question is for you, actually. I, I really enjoyed what I was uh, reading about a discussion that you and Gabriel had about there was a, a, a bit of a 
inference made perhaps by some folks uh, that keep in mind you you have an opportunity to do whatever you want with these characters that they aren't bound by canon. So they don't have to follow all the rules. And at some point you said, yes, but they do have to still be able to do things. Like Gar still has to be able to change into animals. And that felt like a really great foundational point. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell a story about real kids and discovering their powers, but their powers are still going to be wonderful and fantastic. Were there other foundation moments when you and Gabriel were working on either Raven, Beast Boy, or the upcoming Beast Boy Loves Raven, where you wanted to establish something right from the beginning and know that this was either something that was going to be a key component uh, from the very beginning or something you were working to? Yeah, in all my work, my IP work, one of the things that's really important to me is to be able to approach it um, not only as an original storyteller, but also as a fan. Because I am playing in the sandbox, someone else's sandbox with existing characters that people already love. And that applied to Joker Harley too. I mean, I have to look at the character and think about like at the very core, what makes, you know, Beast Boy, Beast Boy. Um, <laughs> and for example, we knew, Gabriel and I knew with our series, we were not going to have, you know, the characters have like a natural skin tones, like green or things like that. You know, we wanted them to be able to blend in with other teens. So that, you know, you could imagine that maybe Gar could be, you know, a kid in your class. And, but the challenge with that is that also, I still wanted Raven to be half demon. I still wanted Trigon to be a demon. I still wanted um, Beast Boy to be able to transform into animals. I knew Gabriel would be brokenhearted if that didn't happen because that was, he was going to want to draw it so badly. (laughs) And we're going to want to see it. (laughs) Yes. So. The, it's, the question is how to balance those two things. And so to me, the first thing I do is really ask myself, like, who is the character? Um, with Raven, that was very easy for me because I'm a huge fan. Um, to me, you know, the, the core of Raven is, you know, she's kind of dark. She um, is worried about, you know, the fact that, you know, she has this darkness inside her. And what does that mean? She's questioning it. She, you know, she hates the demon part of her when she learns about it. Um, and she does have these awesomely, you know, huge powers that are, you know, really big. Um, and then with Beast Boy, um, I actually relied a lot on Gabriel, too, because he's like the big fan. And I know, of course, Beast Boy changes into animals. He's really funny. But um, I talked to Gabriel a lot about, like, what were the other, you know, aspects of this character that were important to you? And he talked about, like, you know, um, the fact that, you know... Gar doesn't, you know, he's vegetarian, um, you know, his love for animals, um, just that he's also like Gabriel's like, you know, I see him as like a good friend, a good person, you know, like those were important qualities. But then Gabriel also was, you know, said like one of the things that always frustrated him was he never got to see Gar, you know, really angry or worried or upset about real things. So my challenge is always like, how do I marry those two things? How do I show you that a kid is is channeling um, animal powers while, you know, not having him change to an animal yet and not having him turn green? So that's when like Gabriel and I put our heads together and we talk and he, you know, he said, well, we could make his eyes turn green to signal to the reader that he's using the powers. And then. You know, I really wanted animals on the page early on, but I knew he wasn't going to transform. So I said, like, what if we do do something else with the animal? And Gabriel, you know, I said, I want to see the animal. And he said, well, you know, I could color the animal like it could be green and very like pale, like almost faded. So we know it's kind of just like, 
you know, the animal's powers that are being channeled through him versus turning into an animal. So, like, I mean, the truth is, I think that one of the things I'm really great at, honestly, is picking artists. Because mm. I feel like the key to the storytelling and sequential storytelling is the marriage of the art and the story. So what I've tried to do is find the the artistic voice of the person who's going to like match up with what I with what I know how to do. Like you know what I mean? It's kind of like you bring your chocolate and I'll bring my peanut butter and we'll make a Reese's. So Oh yes. And they're very different artists on all of my projects, but at the same time like I feel like they are like the top of their game in the thing that they do and what they bring to that particular story. The most flattering thing that Cammy ever said to me was that she goes, I love working with my artist because you guys are my narrative voice. And coming from an author that is so accomplished, like you just got to read the opening descriptions of Gatlin in Beautiful Creatures to know that Cammy has, is so good with words. And for her to entrust that storytelling with us is pretty awesome. Pretty flat. <laughs> well, I know I've been enjoying um, both collaborations, the, the the layers that are brought out in the storytelling, what we learn about the characters and Kemi, your your answer was great. And I, I would say uh, you have an amazing gift with picking artists who work so well with the stories that you're trying to tell. Uh, I loved your answer on Beast Boy uh, and Raven and your process with Gabriel and Jason. Uh, that was a pretty awesome add in there, buddy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> with that, I'm going to turn over the next question to Kendra. Uh, my question is for Cammie. Uh, when it comes to going from some such a well-known author with Beautiful Creatures and X-Files Agents of Chaos, was there a harder transition moving into where you were doing comic strips versus actual novels? Um, well, graphic novels are, were super easy for me because actually drafting a novel is like like a super painful process because I, especially when I write solo, because I don't really love to draft. I, what I like to, I don't like to draft it with a lot of words. I'm very skeletal. I'm a plotter. I start with um, character motivation, character, um, ba you know, basic plot, really important plot elements like you would do in screenwriting and dialogue. And that is the core of graphic novels. Um, so that transition was very fluid for me in terms of writing the script. The real learning curve was, um, you know, I, had, I did a ton of reading and research. I mean, I read every book I could find about how to write comics, every interview, every podcast I had time to listen to. Um, I listened to Brian Michael Bendis and all these kind of writers talk about trusting your artist and finding the, you know, the artistic voice for the story. So for me, the real learning curve was just in the process. Like, how does it work? Like, I had no idea that, you know, how lettering worked or, you know, the inking or like all of the nuances that go into it. Um, and that was fun because Gabriel and I were like learning all that together. But the, the real challenge was um, criminal sanity because periodicals are a totally different beast. And I knew it going in. And that's what scared me because it is the the art of the format is a whole other level and um and, and I was lucky because I had Miko um I have uh Christy Quinn as the editor I have Jason like I have you know Nicole Kwok who's an incredible colorist Richard Starkings who gave me like literally a professional course in like lettering and you know the importance of lettering and how it works as glue but it was it was just very difficult because 
I knew from reading comics how important it is, you know, where you leave off with the issue, where you pick up, um, you know, all of that stuff. And also, you know, those guys know a lot of tricks because the Titans line is really for people who are either, you know, want, we want to be friendly for someone entering into comics, whereas Black Label is, you know, these people have been reading comics. So you're expected to kind of know all these, you know, kind of paneling and other tricks. So I rely a lot on Jason and Miko for that stuff. I write the script, but like they know, um, and Jason is very hands-on, like he'll say, you know, I actually think if you cut this into two, you know, two captions and put it next to this, it's going to show the flow. So I, you know, I think again, it's about respecting the people you're working with and what they bring to the table. Gabriel changes layouts all the time. You know, he's never wrong. Once in a while I'll say, oh, but don't forget to add this or we won't know she, you know, she just came out of the hotel. But like, whatever he wants to change is always about adding more, you know, actual storytelling. So I think, you know, the key is to be able to, to work with the best people. Cammy's I really just, like that answer. Cammy's just so good at what she does. So I've been really, I've, I've been privileged to do a lot of martial arts in my life. And everybody thinks that the masters are all about like Yoda when he fights Count Dooku, just flipping around and everything like that. They're not. <laughs> it's maximum power, minimum movement. They are absolutely surgical. Like you you watch any of the top fighters, fight boxers, MMA guys, they are all absolutely surgical. And that's what Cammy's stuff is. It's just, it's so tight it just every script just blows me away with and i wish you guys could see the scripts too like in the pinterest boards and just the discussions like there's just but what the dialogue is just so much with so with just the perfect amount of words because i don't want to cover the art <laughs> with, with gabriel too you know i'll tell gabriel like we have to cut you know i'll be on with the editor and i'll be like we have to cut this like now i can't see you know the monkey's face and the you know and gabriel does things too like he'll add like little labels on like a soda that's some sort of an easter egg you know or oat milk on a you know a carton of milk in the fridge you know to signify that he's a vegan so again it's like and I do, I mean, I feel like a lot of what I have to do is sometimes edit, like, just, like, deleting, like, because I don't want to cover up anything they're doing. No, and as a reader, I definitely appreciate that, and thank you very much for answering my question, all of you, and giving me input. Um, Brad, I'm, I'm going to let you have, have a question. Uh, this question is for Cammy and Jason. I would love your input as well. Uh, criminal insanity is, or, or criminal sanity is such a dark story and delves into some real deep psychological um, nightmares, and, and just it's, it's just a dark, dark story. Uh, did did you find it hard when you kind of came out from writing, like say for the day, to kind of get your head straight and like get away from the darkness? Did you, was it hard to decompress from all that? For me, it's super fun because I have like two speeds, like, you know, young adults, like, like Titans and Gabriel and like, you know, literally like, you know, almost kisses and embarrassing teen moments and fun with your friends and pranks or bodies. Like my problem is like the in-between, like I'm not very good at the middle ground. And I love dark because for me, um, 
it is all an exploration. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's all, um, I mean, I love procedurals. I love watching them. I love reading them. So to me, it's really a gift to get to write it. Um, I mean, would I, if anything, I'm more careful about like, you know, Chris, Christy Quinn is also my editor. Miko and I are, are dark. Like we are Hannibal um, serial killer kind of fans. Um, but, you know, I'm always careful, like, you know, to make sure that I send Jason just enough, like, you know, crop of viscera to draw, like not too much of the autopsy kind of thing. So I try to be like, and Christy's always like, yeah, um, why don't you just send those reference images directly to Jason? I don't want to see them. Like, <laughs> I, I do have texts of, from Cammy. Of, so I need, this is what the stomach lining should look like that I'm thinking about. And, and it's, yes, not stuff that's safe for work. <laughs> Tell me you're putting together a coffee table book of all of these scripts, notes, and texts and because that I would wish, be pretty man. awesome. You, <laughs> Pinterest board, like if you if you could see the board and then you see the book, it's like I just try and just make that come to life. <laughs> That's it's awesome. horrible, wonderful stuff. <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. Uh, horrible, <laughs> wonderful stuff. <laughs> Brad, I didn't mean to step in all over on that question. Oh no, 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 that's fine. So <laughs> Seth, I'll uh, thank you for those answers, and Seth, I'll hand it off to you. Hey, thanks. I know we're tight on time. I have like probably 15 more questions for each of you, but uh, Gabriel, I haven't had a chance to ask you a question yet. And I would, I would love to just go ahead and make this one because I was really moved when I was looking through your collection of work. And Jason, thank you for pointing it out. I, I highly recommend everyone, the people you're listening to right now, they have bodies of work that when you get a chance to find them online, you're going to be so thankful when you do. Gabriel, the one that really struck me was your uh, series of uh, illustrations based on the old celestial atlas. And I was looking that over and I couldn't stop getting past the point where you had mentioned that, that you reached a, a period where drawing as a hobby was something that no longer satisfied. You almost gave it up. And I can't imagine what our lives would be like without your talent <laughs> in the world for us to enjoy. Can you just let us know what it was like because you can look at it now from this vantage point. If you could say something to yourself at that point, if you could say something to any artist who right now is like, what am I even doing? Where is this all going? You are now at a place where you realized where it was going, but you needed that sort of feeling to, to get out of that. If you could just give us a, a sense of what that was like or what you would say to that part of yourself who almost gave up and yet found a way to keep going. Uh, by the time I almost stopped drawing, I, uh, I was working at a hostel, which was my first job. I was a receptionist and I had plenty of free time. And then I asked myself, Hey, what I am not drawing. And then I decided to do, uh, this, this year long project. And I had to draw like one, one drawing for each day of the year. And I started to post that on social media, not for, uh, for anything to go viral or anything like that but mostly to hold myself accountable to complete the project. And that was the best, best thing I could do because uh, that would put my work out there for people to see it. Because if, if I didn't do that, uh, I, I would never get any, any potential clients. Because at the end of that same year of that project, I was already getting paid to draw, which was insane for me at that moment. So my advice would be put your work out there and be sure to work on what you love because it does really show on the artwork. Because whenever I try to do fan art of stuff that I was not very into or 
um, tried to follow a trend, uh, it, it did show and it, and it did not resonate with people. And whenever I, I draw uh, what I truly love, it, it's what pe people really like. It's what people really respond to. Man, that's such a great answer. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I, I loved what you had to say about keeping yourself accountable. That's really an important thing, you know, giving yourself a goal to me and you set one for every day. Guys, I, I know that you all have a, a I'm sure an immensely busy schedule. So I want to thank you for the time that you've been able to hang out, share your insight, talk to us about your process and just cut this time out of your busy lives. It, it's been really uh, a great experience and uh, I hope I'm not speaking for all, but I'm pretty sure I'm definitely uh, sharing my voice with theirs in a chorus of thank you. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Yeah, Jamie, pleasure. Uh, <laughs> Jason, thank Gabriel, you so thanks, much. Guys. Um, really quick as we do, is there any social media that we should go ahead and give you a chance to uh, announce real quick or uh, do anything like that for you before we let you go? Uh, people can find me online at camigarcia.com and um, I spend most of my time on Twitter and Instagram, which is also at camigarcia. Thanks, Cammy. Jason, how about you? Uh, I'm my website, jasonbadow.com, and I'm actually using Instagram. So it's <laughs> at Jason Badawa. I'm finally able to post stuff. Been working in advertising for so long, and they're like, don't post anything. <laughs> That's awesome. And Gabriel, for you. Uh, you can find you can find me anywhere as Gabriel Piccolo. I'm mostly on Insta and Twitter too. Awesome. Thanks, guys, so much. Really appreciate it. Please enjoy the rest. Thank of you. Time. Thank really you. Bye. Take care. <laughs> and bye now. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. So yeah, that was a really good conversation with Cami Garcia, Jason Bador, and Gabriel Piccolo. Uh, they gave us some wonderful insight. I'm still sort of like head reeling from all of their answers, but I want to see also how everybody feels about like what their takeaways were from this great conversation and the questions and answers that we heard. Kendra, I'll start with you. I mean, I could have asked a bajillion more questions and, and I honestly, in my head, I'm still shooting synapses with a ton of them, but it was such a joy. Like that was one of my like top wants of interviews was to do Cami Garcia. And not only did we get Cami, but we got Jason Bedauer. We got Gabriel Piccolo. I didn't get to ask the Dragon Ball question. I'm feeling a little sad about that, but <laughs> it's okay. I mean, this was, these are people writing books that we all love to read. I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not because the Black Label series and the Raven series, the Teen Titans, I mean, it's just my goodness. It's overwhelming how much impact these guys have on today's comics and, and the precedence that they're setting with how much they're changing them. So for me, I'm still mind blown. And Brad, how about you? Final uh, you know, I I was so glad I was able to participate uh, this time because I wasn't the first time that we interviewed um, Cammy, and what a great bonus that we got Jason and, and uh, Gabrielle too. Uh, you know, I I don't you know I don't know if I would if those books would register on my radar the the Titans book as much if I hadn't gone to BookCon. Uh, when they first started promoting the Raven book and Cammy was there and on a lot of different panels throughout the con and she had such great insights to give that really 
made me want to pursue these books. And just having that chance to talk to her is just amazing. And Gabriel's art is, and Jason's art is just so incredible and so integral to both of those stories in different ways that it was just great to have all three perspectives because I've, I've seen, you know, Cammy and Gabriel getting interviewed together and Cammy and Jason being interviewed, but having all three of them was a very cool and unique uh, thing to have and a very uh, cool opportunity. And, and like Kendra, I wish I could have, you know, asked a few more questions, but um, yeah, I mean, that was just, that was a great, that was a great time. I have to agree with you both. I thought it was a really great time. I mean, these are, these are artists who have been really doing some amazing stuff in comics right now, uh, whether it's the graphic novels with uh, Kimmy Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo or the amazing criminal sanity. I had at least 10 more questions for each of them. I'd also say if you haven't had the chance, uh, anybody listening, go back to around uh, December. Or so I can't remember which episode number it was. It was it was around the 50, like 50, 51, something like that, that we had a chance to sit down with Cammy Garcia for the first time. And Man, the stuff that she talks about, the fact that she's got an FBI profiler as uh, a source for a lot of her books, for a lot of the true crime that she's really excelled at and then could carry over uh, into criminal sanity. It, it's pretty awesome to sort of get an idea about that. And then like you were saying, Brad, to yank Kendra to get her back on. And then it's like the double topping sort of combo it was like we've got the whipped cream we've got the sprinkles i mean jason Bador and gabriel piccolo uh, they were so much fun to hear from and i, I love the way that they talked about what it was like working with cammy and then hearing cammy describe what it was like working with both of them so much fun stuff i have way too many questions um i'd heard that jason had done work on uh things like heroes and stuff like that i wanted to ask about there was all sorts of you know great things that we got today. So it was a, a really fun time to hang out with them. I was glad they were able to give us 30 minutes. And um, with that, that brings a special interview with Cami Garcia, Gabriel Piccolo, Jason Badwer, and us here at the DC Comics News team. I'm going to go ahead and give my co-hosts an opportunity to let you know where you can find them when it comes to social media and other channels. Kendra, where can the good folks find you? I can be found on Twitter at DevourAllWords. Uh, I can also be found doing news, opinions, and reviews for Dark Knight News, as well as uh, DC Comics News and Fantastic Universes. I mean, I'm almost to the point where I'm, I'm going to have to start saying Google me because I'm, I'm out there. Um, but those are probably the easiest ones. Brad, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at dccomicsnews.com, uh, and you can find me on the Mad Love podcast on the DC Comics News uh, podcast network, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And Seth, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at DC Comics News writing reviews. You can find me here with the gang doing uh, weekly episodes of DC Comics News uh, podcast. We cover all the fun stuff, news streaming movies all that good stuff hosting the spinner rack getting a bit loud and irreverent on mad love um, as far as social media try me as one more singleton on twitter set the writer on instagram or in a search engine i'm seth singleton and the word story and as far as dc comics news how can you make sure that you're always getting all of the newest content from us like great interviews like this episodes of 
whether it's the spinner rack, I am the night, the episode by episode Batman, the animated series, uh, mad love, the Harley Quinn cast that gets just as wild and almost as raunchy as the show. You'll want to make sure that you're listening to and subscribe to DC comics news on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, Big or small, we're on that platform. And to let us know what you're thinking as a group, you can go ahead and reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all of the wonders at DC Comics News. It's at capital D, capital C, capital C-O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And with that, we go ahead and say our final send-off, which is something we always like to remind you to do just a little bit more. And that is to always... Read. Read. Oh, dang it. <laughs> More. <laughs> Comments. Don't worry, folks. We're actually having as much fun as it sounds like. Thanks, everybody. Catch you next time.